0: listen to me please listen if you don't if you won't if you fail to understand then the same incredible terror that's menacing me will strike at you stop and listen stop and listen to me listen 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 to me they're not human everyone they're here already You're next.
1: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of First Strike, a podcast dedicated to DC Comics' Invasion crossover from 1988, with you for the duration, two lonely hearts, Siskoid, that's me, and bass that's you. That's me. Way! Uh, I'm the guy that lived through that crossover. Yeah. I was buying comics in 1988, yeah. uh, a lot of comics,
0: and I lived through the Invasion. You did. You did. you are part of it. I just discovered Invasion when you asked me to do this. <laughs> so I never read it. I've never read it. It'll all be first times. Every time we're going to talk about it, I've never read it before.
1: And basically, I'm reevaluating it. Because I remember it as uh, one of the crossovers I most liked in the 80s. Okay. I
0: I haven't really... uh, You know, I I know a lot of old stuff uh, from before Crisis on Infinite Earths. A lot of classic stuff, you know, the, the, the classic crossovers from the JLA, JSA, and all that. Haven't really been into comics in the late '80s, early '8. You know what? The '80s after 1985, nothing till like 1992. Okay, so that's, that's there's a huge gap, and Invasion is smack dab in the middle of that. So that's the post-crisis, the early yeah. post-crisis universe. Yeah. And you'll see that
1: uh, it won't be apparent in the, the very first episodes, but you will see that the DC Universe is still mutating. Okay. There will still be elements, like part of the invasion is uh, Thanagar, yeah, the Hawkmen, yeah. Hawk World. But this is all before the Hawk World reboot that changed Thanagar. Okay. So we've got the pre-crisis Thanagar in a post-crisis story. Okay. Because the changes, it's it's like, I don't know, the universe is heaving. <laughs> There's still <laughs> There are ripples Ripples across Waves the of retconning Still happening Okay So you've, okay. you've got a role For Hawkman and Hawkwoman In there Because they're Thanegarians Yeah But it's before They got rebooted So it's still Even by 80, 88 Which is two, three years After yeah. Crisis It's still not You know the, the DC Universe Hasn't been cooked Properly yet Okay There's still some soft spots I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna also, Really enjoy this There's a gooey middle There's a <laughs> Where Thanegar <laughs> This is a, this is a lava a, cake thing so, yeah and in the middle of the lava oh uh, okay so you okay. We, we really got to different perspectives on Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely. discovering, I'll be... Yes. Uh, re I'll be more nostalgic, obviously. Yeah. Uh, now, if you don't know anything about Invasion, it was a pretty simple story. Basically, various aggressive alien species from the DC Universe banded together to invade Earth, and the planet's superheroes, in turn, band together to fight them. By the end, Earth suffered some losses, uh, but we did win. Yeah. Spoiler, end, we win. End, end of the day, we did win. Uh, but several heroes would never be the same. Mm-hmm as we'll discover. Uh, Invasion, exclamation mark, and that's how you write it. Invasion! Invasion itself was only a three-issue miniseries, uh, but each of those issues were 80-page giants, cover dated January to March 1989, but on the stands from October to December 1988. Thank you, Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Uh, In addition, the event crossed over into more than three dozen other comics during the period, and this podcast will attempt to cover them all and the event's impact on the DC Universe in general Along the way, we'll have a chance to take a snapshot Of the DC Universe as it was In late 1988 The, the perfect years <laughs> Well, the, I think the late 80s were a, a yeah, nice think, time for it
0: I think they were pretty good it, because, uh, Before everybody had like pouches And everything on them so. Pre-pouch, pre-pouch. The, the pre-pouch, pre-pouch DC Universe. Well, hopefully
1: <laughs> mm. uh, Because I think Sometimes the 90s kind of start in the late 80s
0: yeah, they do. They for, do, because uh, in Invasion, they still can't draw feet. As
1: we'll see, one of the Invasion's main artists is Todd McFarlane, yeah. who would go on to become a founder of the 90s aesthetic.
0: And the daddy of Spawn. The sp- the,
1: yeah, well, the, yeah, every yeah. Spawn has a daddy. <laughs> well, the Spawn. Todd spawn McFarlane's guy. Spawn is yeah. Spawn. Yeah, he Spawned Spawn. He Spawned Spawn. Meta-Spawn. So in this episode, our first one, mm-hmm. we're not going to get to... Invasion number one quite yet. No, 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 no. Uh, We've titled this one Prologues and Rumblings, and we're going to cover a few bits... Uh, that led into Invasion, because there's like a few comics yeah. Of, you know, talked about it beforehand, and we'll begin the miniseries itself with episode two. Now, if we talk about crossovers, the importance of Invasion, or the quality of Invasion, why is it one of my favorites? Why is it one of your favorites? Yeah, it, well, in the late 80s, uh, comics companies were discovering that crossover events were big business. And they, mm-hmm. they were, yeah. They were. Fans bought the event book. And then they often bought every issue of every series that tied into it uh, to get the complete story. And that's something you could do when comics were 60, 75, even 95 cents. Yeah, at, at three bucks, four bucks a pop. Yeah, you don't do that. Today, because today, that's the crossover event is.
0: All the time. All the time. All <laughs> time. <laughs> every, every week. Urware. erware.
1: Uh, from both of the big companies yeah. Yeah, and yeah. even some of the smaller ones. and I mean, it's it's a bank breaker for I, yeah, anyone so. who tries to, to follow it all. I think it's very difficult.
0: Well, uh, you know what? You, you, you kind of, with all these crossovers, well, now you kind of always just... You, you follow one character and you say, okay, I'm going to see it from this perspective or something. But um, if you try to, to see every perspective of the big story, oh, it'll cost you. Oh, yeah.
1: And it'll often it's interrupting the mm-hmm. storytelling that you're actually following. Personally, I try not to follow any of the the, the big headliners who are always crossing over in yeah. those things. So if if uh, whatever crossover is touching, let's say, um, a Blue Beetle comic, mm-hmm. that's not a headliner. It's not going to be a big crossover. It's, yeah. it's not going to be in every crossover, every big event. But the Justice League is. Yeah.
0: But the Avengers are. Yeah, but, I mean, you know? these, these are essentially crossover comics, right? Justice League is basically the continuous crossover. Yeah, that's so. that's
1: one way to see it. Yeah. And you're right. So Those comics I I try to avoid because they're always trapped in the cycle whereas the unbeatable squirrel girl if she crosses (laughs) over into something it'll be mocking that thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And
0: it'll it'll be a fun thing. I mean poking fun at a huge crisis is immensely entertaining. Yes. But back in the day that wasn't yet it wasn't 12 months uh, out of the year every
1: year so Marvel and DC were still experimenting with formats.
0: Yeah. Trying to feel the groove.
1: Right. So Crisis on Infinite if we just stick to DC Crisis on Infinite Earth's uh, DC's first was a 12 issue maxi series, and it perhaps lasted too long to be viable as the standard event of the time. Uh, then came Legends the next year, half the size. Mm-hmm. Then Millennium, which was only two months, but there was an issue every week, which is probably difficult to coordinate
0: yeah. uh, for our edit- the editors. And then came Invasion. Invasion was the, I guess, the fourth one. Yeah, and I mean, the format is great. Three big books. The rest is all crossovers and uh, specifics. I mean, I think it's fun. And it's
1: representative of a formula uh, for crossover events where you take a single concept that's well represented in your your universe, Mm -hmm. in this case... Alien species. And you throw it at the superheroes. So that supplies variety because you got different alien species, different
0: kinds of threats for different levels.
1: Yeah. You don't want your street heroes to be fighting the same guys that Superman is fighting. Well, they can't. They can't. I
0: mean, we love to see Batman going against Darkseid, but you know what? It's a lopsided uh, fight, so you know he's not going to usually win.
1: Darkseid's not going to
0: go against Mad Dog. No, exactly, exactly. So, and <laughs> as, and
1: because you've got different pockets if the whole world is is being attacked and yeah. you can do different battlefronts and different editors, yeah, it's more loosely connected. So, editors can really control their part of the universe yeah. without interfering with anyone it's else. It's
0: probably easier to plan out also. I mean, if if you're the publisher, you're pr- probably thinking about this big story that'll affect everybody. But you know, if you if you chop it up and everybody gets their own perspective, there's a bit of uh, creative. A license there to tweak it a bit, and I mean, it's probably easier that way. And you can have your hero fighting Durlins in uh, California, yeah.
1: And then even if he beats them, it doesn't mean another nobody's comic. won, yeah. Nobody's won yet. Yeah. And the Durlins are also in other countries, for example, exactly. So you can do a lot of with, with that. Uh, so a lot of the people talk about Crisis and even Legends as the big crossovers that they loved or that they think are high quality, mm-hmm. but for me, and Artistically, they look great. I mean, yeah. George Perez on Crisis. You've got John Byrne at the the height of his powers on um, Legends. Those books are very pretty. Yeah. But as far as stories go, I think Crisis has lots of kapow moments, big important moments. Yeah. Which we know well and that have are memorable. But it's really it's really kind of disjointed because yes, a lot yeah you know, you're seeing this little part this little part of history this little this particular earth yeah. you're seeing a lot of things that don't really amount to a story yeah it's, it's, exactly it's it's kinda it, jumpy. it's, 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 it's kind of jumpy and legends which did provide introductions to the the Bo-ha-ha-ha Justice League and uh, the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Legends. Although I think those comics would <laughs> they didn't need Legends to be born. <laughs> the problem with Legends, I think, is it's a little bit too much like a Marvel event. It's oh, okay. Uh, it's Glorious Godfrey on behalf of Dark Side, uh, kind of making people afraid of superheroes. Okay. So it's it's mutant mania. It's uh, okay. you know it feels like an X Men comic. It's Civil War. You know those stories yeah. will be done later. Okay, uh, but it's kind of a Marvel thing yeah. where the population is afraid of their heroes. Yeah. it's, it's X Men.
0: Well, and and that's great because I mean it, it shows us superheroes that are closer to the community. I'm thinking because uh, I mean Superman doesn't look like a guy who goes to you know the mom and pop shop and you know, drinks some malt. Yeah, Well he
1: spends all of Legends talking to Ronald Reagan. Oh, that's in the nice. White House. That's <laughs> nice. I haven't read Legend. I will. I will because yeah. I need
0: I need the, the brush up on my '80s uh, comics. Yeah,
1: it's not unpleasant. I'm just saying. I think oh, in, I'll Invasion have fun. has a stronger story. Oh, it's a huge story. Yeah, it's big. Yeah, and, uh, big stakes. All the heroes can naturally participate, whereas Legends, well, each crossover was basically well in that guy's book. People are, don't like the superheroes anymore. Okay. So it's just... Sometimes it was just background. You know, just like a lot of Crisis crossovers were just red skies. <laughs> They're just red skies... But then they yeah. don't necessarily all uh, connect to the, to the crisis itself. Exactly, exactly. With Invasion, I mean, each hero will have to fight well, invasion a feels, part of the aliens.
0: Invasion feels, because it's all about, we're going to talk about probably the whole plot and everything later on, but in Invasion, you kind of feel like the heroes are going to be in it whether they want to or not This is happening The invasion is happening Whether you want to or not So they're not like Assembling to go fight something Something is there And then you, you, you got to deal with it Yeah something we'll, They will eventually assemble They will uh, But at first
1: I mean this is just happening This is just And it's interesting because Alien invasions Is a thing that happens in comics All, all the time, the
0: time. All the time.
1: All the time. But usually, nobody but the central hero cares. So if there's an alien invasion in a Superman comic, nobody else cares. <laughs> exactly. Superman will take care of it. Yeah. It's, it's Independence Day with the French going, the Americans finally did something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, are they just invading Metropolis?
0: Yeah. You know? Or are they just here to fight Superman?
1: Yeah. So you've got the, the skies are full of ships,
0: but no other hero. Everybody's just going, ah, I
1: guess, ah, Superman will and take Superman's care of it. Superman's got it.
0: Well, that's, see that, all the Superman haters. See, that's what he deals with every day. Everybody's just... Everybody's just... Yeah, Superman's going to take care of it. Yeah, well, in the Silver Age, you had a lot of um, Lois Lane and
1: Jimmy Olsen comics, (laughs) which were basically, let's get into trouble, and then when I'm falling out a window, I'll call for Superman. Hopefully Superman won't be busy. So everybody takes him for granted, and those people don't break a
0: sweat. Well, that's still the case.
1: Uh, Yeah, this time the alien invasion is actually played uh, as a big event that everybody has to take care of.
0: It's going to affect everyone, and it's going to affect...
1: Civilians as well
0: uh, Yeah, yeah We'll see that A lot of civilians get Yeah, they get They get it
1: Yeah, it's, it's war It's yeah, going to be an actual
0: invasion That's
1: one of the reasons I like And then we didn't talk about Millennium Because nobody cares about Millennium Millennium was terrible <laughs> So really, Invasion is okay. For me, the strongest Of the DC crossovers in of the of, of the '80s, okay, of the '80s, because after that the next one is in '91. So, oh, really? So, this, so they jumped
0: a little bit. They waited.
1: Well, this this came out. So, it's got a cover date. Doesn't have actually a date on the cover, but it's a cover date okay. of early early '89, okay. January to, to March '89 but okay. it was actually on the stands in late 88. Okay. So by the time they do the 91, they'll be they'll have chosen a different format, which will be just run through the annuals. It was Armageddon 2001, just the annuals, so you didn't have to cross over into the books themselves, which was, I think, a very good formula for DC at the time, and mm-hmm. they did that over and over with their annuals, not so much crossing over. Advertisement for another awesome comic book podcast. 16. In fact, I think we should record a promo about all the changes to the fire and water podcast network happening this year. What do you think, Rob? That's a great idea. We can mention the new folks joining the network and all the shows. I can talk about how we'll continue with our Aquaman and Firestorm show, and I want to be sure to plug my movie show, the Film and Water Podcast. What about you, Ryan? Oh, I think we should definitely record a promo. I'll mention how the Secret Origins Podcast is joining the Fire and Water Network, and then I'll introduce my newly relaunched shows, Give Me Those Star Wars and Power of Fishnets, the Black Canary and Zatanna Podcast. Sound good to you, Chris? Absolutely. I'll mention the show I record with my lovely wife Cindy, Supermates, the husband and wife geekcast. We should probably also mention the Power Records podcast, Rob and I do, too. What about you, Siskoid? Well, sure. I can talk about my ensemble show, The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, and my new upcoming shows about the DC Comics crossover event, Invasion. And yes, oh, hot Moo Shag, you think we should mention Hero Points, the most occasional DC Heroes role-playing podcast? Sure. Why not? And I can talk about Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe, and mention my new upcoming show, Justice League International, Wahaha Podcast. Now. Here's what I'm thinking. When we record, I'm fine being the first person talking. I can explain all the changes to the Wait ne- a minute, wait a minute, wait. Why do you get to start the promo? I'm just as much of a part of this as you are. It was my idea to create the Fire & Water podcast back in 2011. I should start off this promo. I kind of think it should be one of the new voices who kick off the promo. It'll shock the listener into attention if it's not Rob
0: or Shag. Cindy and I make up two people in the network. Plus, you know, ladies first. So we should be the first people talking on the promo.
1: Ben, voyons don't You have got... Enough! Stop it. You're like boys with toys. Let's just make this simple. We can tell the folks at home the Fire and Water Podcast Network is growing in 2016. Several new shows are joining the network. We'll have a new dedicated website, a Twitter account, and Facebook page. And folks will be able to subscribe to each individual show or all of them. See, now was that so hard? Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available soon through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and fireandwaterpodcast.com. Seriously, Shag, you had to get the last word, didn't you? So, let's talk about the rumbling
0: yeah, how this starts and I mean, I can imagine buying comics and wondering what the hell's going on. Cuz <laughs> cuz y- you know what? It, it, there were just like little tidbits in there. Just yeah. little samples of, you know, just just a few know. comics in yeah.
1: coming out in the, the weeks leading up to Invasion number 1 coming out. So just in the months before, a few of the comics just had to everybody probably had a next invasion. Exactly, that's how it, it, it they all finished But for some of them there was actually a little bit more of a story to that.
0: Now, we'll only talk about the these rumblings briefly yeah. just a couple uh, comic books right there's uh, Swamp Thing Flash Spectre Wonder Woman yeah that's it really and um,
1: but once we do episodes on a full crossover when we talk about the crossover with the Flash per yeah. se then I know you have a lot to say about Wally West oh but- yeah. That's the time when we're gonna really talk okay. about the comics and yeah, yeah, where yeah. they were at the time. Uh, exactly. what's our bond to those characters, if any. If any. If any. If any. I read many, enough. but not all. So but we did look into the um, th- the ones where there was yeah. a little rumbling. It's not just my stomach. The first one would be Spectre number twenty-two. Yeah. That's by Doug Mensch and Bart Sears, who would be one of the main artists on the invasion series itself. Yeah. Uh, with Inker Mark Pennington. Uh, it's an issue about cow mutilations. <laughs>
0: I don't know what it's about.
1: Yeah, it's like we're, we're catching up. To, this wasn't a series I was reading.
0: I was not reading Spectre. The only thing I know about Spectre coming into this at this point is that he held reality together against the Anti-Monitor. This is the last thing I know about the okay, Spectre. Okay, the
1: last thing you saw was him in Crisis.
0: After that, the Spectre had, I don't know, invaded or possessed... Hal Jordan This, is, this okay. is my gap There's a gap <laughs> This is my gap
1: Well there was Two versions of The Spectre in between Okay One I read Which was the uh, Tom Mandrake uh, John The Strander one Where he was really The Spirit of Vengeance Just like in yeah, the 40s The, the classic yeah. The Spectre Br- Brought him back to that Level okay. of power and But there was also This series which, was, which had a Jim Corrigan sort of be like... It's like the Hulk Spectre, where he would transform into the yeah. Spectre. So
0: he'd become like a ghost thing. Yeah, and then he turned... Anyway, it, it feels a lot like, yeah. like a dead man well, I for think, some
1: odd reason. I think that series actually started with them being separated. And so okay. Jim Corrigan is back alive... Okay, and the specter is like uh, another I don't know Uh, like I said I wasn't really reading it it's not a specter that I find particularly interesting and you don't see him a lot in the issue in number 22 actually you don't and I'm not sure how it connects to the invasion really because they've got cow mutilations there's men in black the men in black's car gets taken up by the UFO or whatever a light in the sky and it gets thrown
0: down just like mutilated we we have like squirrels getting eaten and and just stuff just little skeletons thrown out yeah, I'm
1: trying to figure out if maybe we'll find out later but are any of the invasion aliens already doing there? that
0: doing that I don't I I don't know although it's I weird mean, I, I don't know why they would it's very weird maybe, maybe because I didn't read the whole thing well I, I read the comic book but I didn't read the whole series but the, they have these uh, men in black who are kind of foreshadowing an alien invasion
1: yeah it's like th- Somatically, ladies? yeah,
0: yeah, but the only thing is, really, when he gets when the specter is summoned at the end of the book, right? That's the only real. He's called into an interdimensional doorway, yeah, and it says uh, to be continued in Invasion Number
1: One, and yes, and he will show up yeah. in that issue. So that's that's a rumbling, we're yeah. just—if you're a Spectre reader, you're thinking, "Oh,
0: there's something
1: big happening yeah. because the Spectre just
0: called, got and, called." And this thing called invasion, because we all have this. It's always invasion with the exclamation point at the end. Right. At, at the end of the book, where you say, "Well, what's who's invading? Is it this guy in the Earth's crust that's eating squirrels? Who's invading? Who's invading?" So I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty much it.
1: Because it's an odd crossover to it think of,
0: because the it's magic. And
1: space invasion Which is science fiction So how did those two marry Well they'll deal with that In in invasion In invasion number one
0: Hey we both got A Martian's phone number On our speed dial I think I deserve The benefit of the doubt
1: The next rumbling Is flash number 20 Yes Uh, William Messner-Lobes Greg LaRock And Inker Larry Malstead Stuff is happening In Wally's life Uh, (laughs) And towards the end Of the issue Wally West discovers Former criminal, the Pied Piper, yeah. giving food to the poor. This is before they became friends. Just
0: before it's they just became, before friends. became friends, and he's very flamboyant in this. He's very flamboyant.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if the. I am not sure I don't know what point the Pied Piper was came out of the closet.
0: I, I don't know, but this feels like they're kind of making fun of that. Yeah,
1: we're, yeah I think we're very close to him coming out. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it he's later.
0: He's better when he's out. Yeah. Uh, so
1: he's, he's there, he's giving food to the poor, mm-hmm. he's turned a new leaf. And the two of them spot someone spying on them, the spy panics. And though he's only there to observe, and he zaps them. Yeah, and he's
0: a Durlan. He looks like Chameleon Boy. Now. Actually, you know what? That's what I thought when I was reading it. I said, "What, what? Chameleon Boy? Why is he a jackass all of a sudden?" Yeah, I think it's weird how the Durlans their real
1: form—they've forgotten their real form. Apparently. Yeah, that's the thing. But their real form is just a mess of tentacles inside a robe, inside yeah. a purple robe. But this guy is playing humanoid. Yeah, and he's his shape is Chameleon it's, Boy. It's you know, like
0: I, I think they—I think that was done on purpose. I think that was done on purpose, because that's how we know the Durlins.
1: Yeah, Invasion probably reshapes them. I think that's what happened. That's, that's where we really get the sense that the Durlins should yeah. look like tentacles.
0: Because I, I read Invasion, number one, before I read the, the Rumblings. Okay. So I was always going, oh, oh, then I saw where they, or I thought I saw where they were going with stuff. And this, I, I thought, was really, okay, they're, they you want Durlins in there. They reinvented Durlins, uh, made them more, more, I'm thinking. Yeah Uh, because they have awesome powers we'll see later on and uh, the only way we know them is through Chameleon Boy so they did that on purpose and for the the people who like the, the Legion See, if you like the Legion, you remember Chameleon Boy and you're going, What, what the hell is going on? Is the Legion invading? What's what's going on?
1: All right. So, uh, we've seen other Chameleons, like Chameleon Probably. Chief is the Legion of Supervillains resident, Durlin. Okay. And he gives himself a look just like Chameleon Boy. Okay. So that's like their standard when we have to go. Standard humanoid. Yeah, when we have to go be humanoids. We'll be orange with Orange with like, antennas. antennas. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, he, he finds out that Durlin realizes he can't shapeshift, shift just like in the issue Wally couldn't access his powers yeah for some odd reason so powers
0: are all over the place there
1: that's, uh, that, that's something that was going on in his comic at the time so the poor people of the slum get between the Durlin and the fallen heroes uh, as if to defend them but then we cut to whenever mm-hmm. and Wally wakes up everyone's gone including the piper and uh, a guy on the street tells him, haven't you heard? Earth's <laughs> being invaded by aliens, dude. So so we don't know what happened. Next,
0: invasion. Invasion. Yeah, we don't know what happened. We don't know. He doesn't know. Nobody knows. He just wants change to buy a sandwich. So it's a mystery. It's a mystery. How? I don't know. It's a mystery. Shall I kill him, Mr. Freneman? The next rumbling was swamping Thing number eighty. I didn't know Swamp Thing a lot. I just know about him uh, in that time, and that's when he started becoming this. Uh, he kind of became more. He was uh, there
1: was. I think Alan Moore started the ball rolling early on when he became a you know a real plant elemental. Yeah. This is from the Rick Veitch era with artist Alfredo Alcala, and that's the run I didn't read. Okay. I had a friend who read it. He lent me a couple of issues. That's where Swamp Thing started fighting the Gray. Yeah. Which yeah. are the concepts that came back. Came the back rot. in the, in the right. New Fifty yeah. Two. Yeah. Uh, But it's a part of the story I don't know much about. Yeah. But it was like really, by that time... Yeah, Swamp Thing is very powerful He can do all sorts of stuff And and he would cause problems
0: for an invasion He would, and I think that's why they take him out early on
1: Yeah, and this yeah. is one of the biggest It's fully an invasion crossover Oh yeah, yeah Even Earth, if it's
0: not on, written on the
1: cover anywhere It is uh, it You've is. got your Dominators You see their hands and then their teeth later Yeah, yeah uh, And they're studying Earth's elementals uh, Many of which have migrated to other planets mm-hmm. Apparently and they fear that one such protector, Swamp Thing, could really hurt their invasion plans because so much of their technology is organic and plant-based.
0: Oh, yeah. Clues. No, they give us a lot of stuff. I didn't know Swamp Thing a lot, but there there was so many tidbits of information about the invasion in that one. It probably should have been in the main story.
1: Yeah, it's just it didn't have a... Uh, like, all the first months, yeah. crossovers are, are going to be labeled First Strike, which is where we took the name of our podcast.
0: Their First Strike.
1: But then, this is before the first strike well, yeah, actually it's the the very first strike this is like pre-empt- pre-empt- preemptive strike
0: preemptive strike
1: the preemptive strike because they use a, something called a matrix disruptor mm-hmm. to overwhelm his senses and force him off the planet
0: yeah so exactly. Swamp
1: Thing is going to be stuck on another planet during the invasion he can't help
0: he cannot help. I guess me. That's
1: something that you've always gotta address. You've got people on earth, heroes on earth who are way
0: too powerful. Well, yeah, that's what I mean, and that's what I kinda liked about these rumblings. They're kinda setting the table for any little I'm gonna say it, any fanboy who goes, Yeah, but you know what, Swamp Thing would have this is one of these places, one of these times where they said, You know what? Somebody said, Yeah, you know what, Swamp Thing's gonna and they said, Okay, well, we gotta take Swamp Thing out. And maybe it's a cheap shot and maybe it's but Well, I like how Rick Veitch actually Made a whole story out of it. It is. We, I don't. I don't feel cheated. No,
1: and he didn't break his, the style. No, nope. it's very much the pre-vertigo, pre-vertigo yeah. style. It's still told with the same kind of mystery, with all sorts of you know all those weird elementals on other planets. Very weird. So the same kind of Narrative style It's an issue of Swamp Thing That fits Regardless of the fact Whether you want The invasion to cross over or not It fits in the mood Yeah it is It wouldn't feel out of place
0: It's Actually I thought it was great I I really loved that one I, I read it twice I, uh, of all the, rimbl- the rumblings and all the setting the, the stuff up, this was by far the favorite because it felt like a Swamp Thing story with something just a little bit, what are these hands? Because all you see is the hands and yeah, talking. The claws. And at the end, we see the teeth and you go, oh, okay, yeah, there you yeah. go.
1: But at this point, we're not supposed to know, right? We the don't even know. The number one's not out. Exactly. So it's, who are these mysterious figures? And then, boom, they've actually taken out a main player. Yeah. And now, how will the other heroes fare? If he's been taken out so And also shows how the Dominators are great planners and plotters yeah. That they, they've thought of this That they've been studying Earth oh, uh, yeah. To that point where, well, okay, we got to move We've we got to take Swamp Thing out Not Superman, we got to take Swamp Thing out Swamp
0: Thing, yeah, because, I mean, let's face it Swamp Thing can take Superman uh, But they've done their research But Exactly, so they know how it works And thinking back to the Spectre now I kind of understand why they couldn't do the same thing with Specter, but it will eventually be basically the same thing with Specter, where he can't metal and the magic thing yeah. won't work. They're going to keep the magic users yes. out of there just to just to make it work because you need you to. get
1: rid of your wild cards before. Yeah. And obviously, do you think you know they're also kind of cocky, so they think yeah. they can beat? Well, they've just beaten Swamp Thing, yeah. Exactly Well
0: exactly And Swamp Thing Didn't even notice Yeah
1: Yeah, That's an ego booster Swamp Thing doesn't even know This is going on And why he's been moved Off the planet
0: Uh, So there you go So Swamp Thing And this is really
1: What reinforced my DC fandom Okay Those kinds of comics these, These are, are
0: dangerous like, words on the internet.
1: Well, the late 90s, a lot of comic books were... Uh, late 90s, I mean late 80s. A lot of DC comics were moving towards a more mature reader's yeah. feeling. The uh, British Invasion, the, mm-hmm. the Morrisons and the, the Moors. and the, Yeah, the guys with the stories. The Milligans. So you know, a lot of that stuff yeah. started non-Vertigo and then went to Vertigo. Yeah. And I thought, actually, the work was better when it was non-Vertigo. Oh, really? When it moved to Vertigo, they kind of you know changed a few things and got okay. new writers on board really what created Vertigo the Animal Man Doom Patrol yeah. Swamp Thing Hellblazer okay. of that time all great comics really yeah. made like I was growing up and they they just came in at the right time and a lot of those books were not available at my newsstand No, no. so when I moved to university I got the chance to get a lot of back issues of a lot of these and Got me into the pre-Vertigo Vertigo books Just in time for Vertigo
0: And I mean these, All these characters Were all Kind of B characters You know The, the sideline characters yeah. Animal Man was Pretty awful Before But he, he probably
1: has The best invasion crossover
0: Oh actually Yeah he does So Because I remember it Well I'm a big Animal Man fan so. so we'll get there Yeah uh, But yeah I, I'm eager to get to that one I yeah, think it's be one nice. of the Very best Crossover issues Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman number 24. Wonder, Wonder Woman was. Once again, I read Invasion before reading The Rumblings. Right. So when I saw uh, Phobos, I thought, oh! There he is! He's a. And no, he wasn't. I thought he was a, a, a Kund. That's oh, how Oh, yeah. It. He kind of looks. He, well, I like. Purple and pink I like pink. Uh, Kund, yeah. Kund? I like Kund. Okay. It's. Nobody can agree. Okay. Yeah. Kund? Uh, kund? Kund? K- it's not Kund. I, I don't like I don't Kund. Think, I don't think I it's I do kund. not like the word Kund. You know, nobody would say kund. kund. I say Kund. It's Kund. I'd say Kund too. Yeah. But uh you know what? I thought he was Kund and he, he's not, he's Phobos. And, and, and I thought oh man yeah. well and then I started thinking maybe he could be but he's not but that's not where the crossover is no really it's just page 12 yeah this is a book by George Perez uh, with
1: Inker Will Blyberg it's just page 12 we see Edda Candy and Major George Baines track the invasion from the South Pacific yep uh, she's been catching transmissions from space for weeks and he he wouldn't believe it you know he's just yep. like stop with that and uh, this is where
0: she decodes a message uh, now he believes because it looks like an invasion plan. Yeah, so I'm not well, sure
1: what these transmissions are.
0: I don't know. I feel it's kind of like the Independence Day type thing where they're they're coding and there's they're just picking up stuff and yeah. that's they're picking
1: they... up Apple
0: signatures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and somebody said, "Oh my God, this is they're using Morse code to communicate something stupid in Independence Day." But exactly. Um, and Independence Day wasn't out yet. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> okay. But, you know what? They, yeah, used it the wasn't same, yet. they used the same thing in Man of Steel with. Uh, that's a whole that's other an, podcast. That's another pair of shorts. <laughs> So uh so
1: yeah so it's just a little bit just yeah. a, a rumbling it's yeah, so really yeah. very much a rumbling
0: because it's not even in the, in the main story it's just a little Boop. all right these two people they are in the Wonder Woman universe. Yep. This is what they do and they found out something.
1: It's just setting up the next
0: invasion. Yeah. Really because it had nothing to do with a Wonder Woman story. Nothing. <laughs> and then the other
1: uh, rumbling really is the ad. Yeah. Comics were running the
0: uh, invasion. And the ad. ad The ad is awesome. The ad is basically the big face of a Dominator on uh, with this handout you know like in uh, I don't know I've seen this type of stuff before. Well it's What uh, it really looks like
1: The ad itself With the the giant dominator With his clawed hand Over a burning city With not superheroes With civilians Civilians. Running away from it There's a guy with a dog And And this one sad dog Yeah The dog dog is not Well at least he's in the front Of the crowd Yeah Uh, And we'll be putting
0: this on Whatever websites we use To talk about invasion I love the classic Invasion type You know They came from outer space To destroy Earth's superheroes It's really B-movie Oh yeah It's awesome You see all the I, I like to call them U-boats or U-ships. I, uh, I, I. Oh my God! Is that the joke? I think it because is. the Kun ships
1: are like blocky U shapes. Yeah, they're really weird. It's like buildings flying, flying buildings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, not, it's a weird ship design. It's a and, weird ship design. I might, I, I might have changed it just to make the invasion more dramatic. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, if I were, but probably they're really based on actual Kun ships in whatever comics they appeared. Probably Legion. But yeah, U ships like U boats. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. First thing I thought no, was yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then you, but it's there is a World War II vibe to all this. Oh well, yeah, I mean because uh, that that figure, the dominator, the dominator, the look of the Dominators, especially in that pose. Is really the yellow peril kind of thing yeah. from the forties? Yeah, um, with
0: the huge red dot in the forehead. Right, that's the Japanese flag. It's the Japanese flag, and the
1: characters really the, the, these it's, aliens are yellow and it's, evil. This is very
0: racist. With green robes, yeah, clawed I mean, it, fingers, very be- yeah. very Mandarin from the the yeah. Marvel so universe. So this is I a think.
1: yellow peril. Yeah, and it's the, the yellow
0: claw. And their alliance with all the others, well, they kind of resemble, you know, they have like tough guys and right. doofuses and, uh, you know. Yeah, jackbooted Nazis, really.
1: Yeah. So, th- that's what it's supposed to evoke. Now, this very same Dominator shows up on the cover of the first one, except he's holding the, the Earth instead of um, a city. It's a great Dominator. It looks great. The poster was uh, done by Bart Sears, which is one of the main artists on the um, on the Invasion series. Oh, yeah. But there's still people saying, well, it's really... It really is racist.
0: Well, uh, probably. To
1: to have the Dominators at all look like this. To look like monstrous Asian figures.
0: But they're not... uh, One thing, I mean, they're not Asian. (laughs)
1: <laughs> they're aliens They're, they're aliens
0: And they have nothing in common really with any They're just aliens And they're yeah. very smart So I, I think here the poster is
1: supposed to evoke Yes Yeah 1940s type pulp yeah, type absolutely um, Stuff because Especially since the poster is like a 50s B-movie Yeah You know what does it say See the um, destructive might of the alien alliance Witness Earth's courageous struggle for freedom Behold The Hero's Desperate Battle for Survival And you do have those three Each of the three issues Are announced They e- each have their own title Yeah So there's like Their book one Book two Book three The Alien Alliance Which will be the first one uh, Battleground Earth Which is the middle one And then it has a World Without Heroes Just so you lose All hope now <laughs> But yeah So it's it's
0: really this, The kind of hype That you yeah. see In a B-movie Kind of thing I, I just love it Right off the bat I haven't read everything yet But I just Right now I love it because it feels like it's prepped. Like this has been really prepped, and people are gonna, you know, they, they have everything in order, and this is gonna go well. So I, I, right now, I love it. Okay, what? Like I know what's coming. I know exactly what's coming. You know, um, you know. I know
1: how it affected the DC universe. Everything. What are you expecting from this? What are your
0: hopes and fears What do you want to see happen Off the bat I I thought well this is an invasion Their premise is pretty clear They want to uh, find the metagene You know that thing that makes superheroes And uh, they want to Control that They want to Take it out Or control it And so I thought Well this is going to be A cleansing Of the DC universe We're going to You know Everybody had Creative license To create everything And uh, we're just going to You know Get rid of some of These superheroes That nobody likes Is that a hope Or a fear? (laughs) That's It's kind of both Because I'm I'm one of those guys Who kind of likes Certain superheroes But these are not the, The main characters Like you know, I always liked well Animal Man for one. Uh, I love the Doom Patrol, and I, and I thought you know maybe they'll some of them I don't care about like the Tasmanian Devil. So not not the the Warner Brothers one, which will probably be a conflict later on in their respective lives. But because uh, you know the Tasmanian Devil, he's like a furry guy with horns and a T on his chest. So if he were to die, if he would have disappeared, disappeared were to die, I wouldn't mind. Okay, because... Would you be... Would you, would you think this is... How house, such hustling should be done? Well, probably, because their thing is finding superheroes. And uh, they test Oh, well, we're going to get into yeah. the first issue later on. We'll talk about that later on. But uh, I don't know what to think right now. The only thing I know from, uh, from what I've seen is they're coming. And we better get online... Because, you know... They're coming. They are. So this is what I feel right now. How old were you
1: in 88? Uh, 88? Late 88. I was 13. Alright, I was
0: um, 17. If, if the invasion lasts too long, I could have been drafted. You could, you could have. <laughs> I, I, I was probably, I have been 4F. Or... Even if I did read this, when I probably wouldn't have. Uh, just because at that age, I don't think I would have got everything I have. I, I get now. So I'm... Probably gonna enjoy it more now that I'm reading it for the first time than if I read it when I was 13. Right. Was, I was I was kind of stupid when I was 13. Weren't we all? I uh, had hormones and everything. Wow. Yeah. I know. I had an already big collection of comics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had too, but uh, I I had migrated a little bit towards uh, <laughs> uh, the Marvel universe at that point, uh, where you know, at 13, you like the Spider-Man and. You know the Fantastic Four, yeah. and you know. when
1: I was twelve, thirteen, yeah. I was a more of a Marvel zombie, yeah. and then I became a DC
0: head. I, yeah, after Crisis, exactly. I, I became a, a DC head also later on in life because uh, you need the superheroes are different, and the, the way they're treated is different. I kind of like that, but I still like the Marvel. I I love them both, but you know, at that time, I wouldn't have even started to comprehend what was going on in Invasion.
1: Those big crossovers are kind of they can be primers where you get into it yeah. you jump into the deep end and it just makes you want to find out who all these characters are. Yeah. And then you branch out and you you discover a lot of things. Even if you don't know who they are at the moment, it makes you want to find out. Well, that's and, what I'm, I'm living right now. Yeah, and that's what they're I mean, that's what they're made for. You're going to mm-hmm. you're going to not just buy the stuff you buy, you're going to buy other things just because they tie in and then maybe you'll fall in love with new characters that you never thought you'd like in the first place. So that's I mean it's there's a marketing element
0: to this oh of course well if there wasn't there, you'd probably yeah. be. you know yeah but so, uh it, it right now it kind of might, makes me want to uh, learn a bit more about swamp thing or early eight, or 80s swamp thing which is well worth it well I think it is uh, from everything I've read so far swamp thing really you know touched a little, little something, so I'm probably gonna read some more of swamp thing
1: you will be disappointed I think that uh, that holds up everything from Alan Moore on yeah even before that I mean even the, the the beginning of Saga of Swamp Thing, well, it, it, you'll find something to, to like. He's
0: one of those characters where you, you don't really get it till you're a bit older, right? right. It's, it's, it's smarter, it's, it's more profound, it's, it's not a typical superhero type thing.
1: One of the first issues I bought of Swamp Thing freaked me out so much at whatever age, at 12, 13, uh, that I would not touch the comic again really? until I
0: was an adult. I can imagine. I can it's imagine. It's just... It was... Uh, it's, I mean, it, it's a, it probably, from, probably would be nightmare It was too much. <laughs> it was too much. I can just imagine...
1: So, uh, looking uh, for
0: Swamp Thing underneath your <laughs> your bed Oh, and this was the issue
1: where oh no, Well, I'm not going to spoil it I'm uh, not going <laughs> to spoil it for you Oh, oh um, okay uh, Wow, it, it was really one of those edgy okay. ones by Alan Moore I am definitely going to read some more Swamp Thing Worth it So, And you are, we are going to read more Invasion as well right? Oh, yeah So um, in the next episode, uh, I swear We're going to attack the miniseries itself We're going to do the whole first book Four chapters Four chapters, eighty pages, no ads,
0: a lot of stuff.
1: Uh, so, in the meantime, where can people find you on the
0: internet? Um, I'm uh, one of the Lonely Hearts. So, the Lonely Hearts Romance Comic Romance <laughs> Podcast. What, <laughs> what's the name? The title is difficult. The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics
1: Podcast. Yeah, it's at Lonely Hearts Podcast. .wordpress.com There you go And
0: uh, we two And two other guys yeah. Talk about romance comics On there The rest of my stuff Is all French So if you want to learn Some French Go learn some French If you want to see Some of my stuff Well you know I'll <laughs> talk to you more So you'll may, I, you, you probably won't Yeah. As for me, you can obviously find me at Ciscoid's blog of geekery, which uh, is great. Uh, by the way, also on the Legion
1: of Super Bloggers, which is uh, great. The Lonely Hearts, as we've said, which is our. Uh, and uh, First Strike is available, of course, on iTunes and at Ciscoy.blogspot.com/slash/search/slash/label/slash/invasion. Uh, <laughs> A lot of slashes. <laughs> Just find the, la- the, the the label for Invasion and um, click it.
0: Click it. Click, click it. it. See us next time on. First strike <laughs> They're space invaders,
1: the dominators, they want our powers. Call Captain Adam, it's an invasion. They're Daxamat's dynamite Melians we call their lens, the guildish banner and kitchenware, it's Thanagar, not Thanagare. They've got the Quins. <laughs> Kunz, 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 Klingons. <coughs> Call Captain Adam. It's an invasion. The warlords of Okara, the Citadel, the Scions, they're all from Vega. Call the Omega-Met. <coughs> Call Captain Adam. It's an invasion. It's an invasion. <laughs> Remember Melbourne.